I just can't figure out if it's because you're advanced or because I'm stunted. You take the red pill. You stay in wonder. I am loving. You do not talk about Fight Club. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Oh, hello and welcome to the second episode of the podcast that is the Glacé Film Club. Yes, that's it. We did Jumanji last week, two weeks ago maybe. We'll say last week for the purposes of uh, the world of podcasting. And this week, what have we got, Matty? Uh, so we're doing uh, the Black Panther film review is what we're doing this week. It's um, a marvel. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a marvel of a film. It's by the... By the people who behind Marvel. The Marvelers. The Marvelers. The Marvelers. Yeah. But exciting this week. I'm not only joined by Matt, I've also got Emma here. Hello. <laughs> Are you excited to be part of the Glass A Film Club podcast? I'm absolutely thrilled. Well, I'll warn you in advance, you know, it gets quite heated. There's a lot of intense <laughs> film debate. And a lot that doesn't of sound like you. No, not at all, not at all. And <laughs> normally we have to have, me and Matt have to kind of like have our pre-discussion just to make sure like all the animosities well, course, out yeah. in the open. But... Well, I get a bit rogue. Like, we've been in that yeah. thing, so. This table is never I did ask Matty before what he thought of the film, and he was like, No, no, we've got to save it for the podcast. Everything's going to get laid down on the table. Well, exactly. And we are at the podcasting table. It is the podcasting table. It is from Sweden. Yeah. Ever, <laughs> ever, ever the professional, though. Mm. So there's plenty to discuss about Black Panther. But before we actually get into the discussion, we've got to remember the Glass A Film Club snack for this week oh we do so last week we had some kind of um german sweet nutty marzipan um type situation emma you actually sampled those didn't you yeah not, i about yeah. i scrambled about five of them not on air just in case um, the regular listeners are getting a bit confused and these were off air um <laughs> eating they were samples. very nice so um, but we've got something a bit different this week a bit stodgier um in the form of Irish whiskey cake. Irish whiskey cake. You purchased this week, because I provided last week. Do you want to talk us through what you've got for us here? Because it looks quite hefty. Yes, yeah, so I um, discovered this marvellous delight in the um, the land of Aldi. Um, I was in there um, last week, and I thought I'd pick up a nice bit of cake for my hockey team. And it's quite... Um, I'll, I'll open it up. It's um, it's quite um, it's a very moist cake. You can really feel it in the weight of it. Um, it's quite hefty. Um, I'll talk you through the ingredients. Okay, yeah, that's always nice. So we've got... Um... Don't worry for the listeners, this does get into a film review. <laughs> Don't be confused by the title. So it's wheat flour, calcium carbonate, iron, nickin... Iron, looking forward to that element. Sugar, egg, rapeseed oil, and Irish... Only 1.5% Irish whiskey. That's a disappointment. Then we need a dipping whiskey. Yeah, I mean, we could. I'm looking at a little bit of whiskey at the minute. We're actually, we're filming this in we'll call the midway studio between um, eating and cooking areas. And there's a nice cabinet staring at us with some whiskey. So there could be a, a dipping whiskey if it goes down nicely. Shall we all try a little bit before we yeah. get on? Yeah, I feel like crack on. Emma, have you, you missed the vital ingredient that is in there that I can see. Oh, I think there's a few currants in there. I hate raisins. Oh, well. So I'm going to eat a corner that doesn't have raisins I was just going to say, do you want to scrape off just I'll a bit scrape of, out uh, the raisins. non-raisin? <laughs> What is it you don't like How about raisins? How did you raisins? forget those when you were reading the ingredients? There's shitload of them in there. <laughs> I could have told you that without reading it. 
I'll do the ceremonial cutting of the cake. Okay. While Matt's doing that, Emma, do you want to tell us what it is you don't like about currants, raisins, any kind of dried fruit? I thing? like dried fruit. I just don't like the taste of raisins because they just taste how I w- they just taste how I would imagine like an old people's home would taste. <laughs> it's just like just not something I want to eat. And the people who who give me the argument that it's a dried grape. Um, it's that's bollocks. It doesn't taste anything like a grape. Right. Well, um, I do apologise, but the there's at least six raisins. The raisins. The raisins go corner of the corner. The raisins go all the way through. So how did you miss that out? The ingredients. What are they telling us <laughs> on the packaging of these things nowadays? What transparency? Not horse meat. Okay, come on, Matt. Sort that knife out. You're uh, clinging onto it a bit there. Sorry, sorry. I'm getting quite worried the amount of time you've been holding it and not speaking. Just <laughs> fixing some technical issues. Okay, that's fine. No, we don't. We don't that's have just, any. That's just a raisin, that is. I just like to confirm at Glass A Media, we don't regularly have technical issues. So <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about that. He was just joking there. <laughs> don't be silly. He was just covering up his uh, leg this time. He was holding the. <laughs> Mind, thinking I'll wait and we could do like a one, two, three, eat, and you've just shoved your whole slice in. All right, well, what is your like, that? Me and Marcus got a corner, and you give yourself a full slice. <laughs> greed, about? right there. Greed. All right, Emma, well, we right, can cheers. Both. Cheers. Chin, chin. Cheers. Right. It's in. Five and a half minutes in, and we've done nothing. Not immediately agreeing with your moist cake. <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessarily moist. In the weight of it is the density of the cake. Not the previous the one was moist. What I'd just say straight away is that's Christmas cake. Yeah, that is Christmas <laughs> that's cake. That's basically what has happened at the shop there is they've bought stock too much Christmas cake last year and now repackaged it as whiskey cake, which... As we've seen from the it's packaging, the tenuous link between whiskey and the actual ingredients in there. <laughs> I mean, nice. My dad would love this. He's a big fan of both whiskey and Christmas cake. Um, but he's not at the recording now. So, <laughs> dad, if you're listening, um, good little bit of cake. This, I'll get you one. Okay. I'm going to shut there. All right. On that note, on that note. shall we crack on? Let's. Okay. Matty. While I'm eating, do you want to take us through what this film... Quick overview of the film, cast, what's going on there. So the overview of the film, obviously, um, spoilers, first spoilers warning for anyone that's not seen the film. If you've been listening for eight minutes already. (laughs) 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 Uh, So this film is uh, pretty much a direct continuation on from the Captain America Civil War storyline, in which we are first introduced to the character of Black Panther. So it does feature some callbacks to that to that film. So if you haven't seen that film, like Mr. Marcus Johnson, yeah, well, I, I just like to say full disclosure before we actually get going on this is that I'm not an avid Marvel fan. I've not seen loads of Marvels. I've seen films, hence why we do this podcast. You know, it'd be a bit redundant if I hadn't. But I've not seen many of them, and I was told only as we sat down to watch the film that it would have helped if I did a bit of pre-watching. But I'm here to be uh, here to learn about the Marvel universe well, exactly. and give my opinion outside of the avid Marvel fan. Anyway, that's over. Carry on, Matt. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so it's a continuation of the Civil War storyline. Um, we are introduced um, to the backstory of the main character, which is um, King 
Kachala, is that his name? I can't remember his name. Yeah, I think Kachala. We're going to go with it. We should it. have researched a character. Again, like we said last episode, research isn't high on the agenda <laughs> yeah. for this show. No, it's fine. Uh, so we introduced to that character and the mystical land of Wakanda, which is a, um, a made-up nation within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, which they are, they are a highly advanced civilization due to their mineral of... Vib- mineral vibranium there which is their, um, doing well now doing well. <laughs> which they use within their all their technology and it makes them really really good at things yeah but it does but also like it's got healing powers yeah it does um using the weapons and build stuff out of it so that's that like, does everything yeah that's kind of like the ultimate yeah. like holy grail of the area it's the higgs boson of like the mineral world like it just does everything yeah, yeah. just well, makes yeah. them well more advanced than everyone else in the world yeah all right so that's the summary there yeah. plot also on the other side that's actually based in africa so it's a made-up country yeah within well, the Marvel Africa. but it's in africa and they've decided over years to close themselves yes. off for the rest of the world i believe the quote in the film is they hid in plain sight which i think is a great great little uh little phrase yeah it is a great <laughs> phrase so we started off with that um but a lot of talk as well um has been in the media been online a lot of my reading goes on twitter you know because that's how cultured i am has <laughs> talked about um what was great about this film that they've got a lot of leading roles a lot of female cast members and a lot of uh, black cast members in leading roles oh absolutely so oh, this is yeah. one of the things that's been put forward has been a great breakthrough for this for a big hollywood film but do you want to talk us through the cast, Emma? Like, who are some of these... Uh, well, we've got the main characters, but um, as I mentioned there, we've got some leading female roles in there. What does that do? <laughs> I'm not asking you for names here, don't worry. <laughs> but I'm just saying... <laughs> oh, thank you, more cake. We've got some leading female roles, but how does this change the dynamic of the superhero film rather than just have one kind of leading guy who's the superhero? I really loved it. I think the main general was um a woman and she was such a kick-ass character mm, and i really I loved her in it yeah. she was so funny she was in all of action and then um obviously a spoiler here at the end when there's like a battle going on um she stands up to the the man that's meant to love her and he's fine on the other side and he kind of surrenders to her and says like you're right mm-hmm. and you literally never see that in films where that kind of scene yeah. happens mm. because usually a powerful guy wouldn't kind of like step back in that way and kind of you know show that um what's the word no yeah well, she show that vulnerability yeah, yeah, in a yeah, film yeah. Nice and it was so point. it was so good to see and like i actually loved her as a character she was because she was just really witty but she was so strong and like really moral and loyal and then as well you saw that the usually i guess in a film the clever um, intelligent, you know, weapon person who makes the weapons mm-hmm. and all that was a female as well, and it was a sister. And I thought she played a really good part. Again, mm. she was really funny, um, and probably had the wittiest lines. I think. I think so as well. I think um, playing off that, I think um, what they did very well in this film, which I think was the the comedy side of it, they go into a very yeah. nice balance, which I think Marvel let themselves down on in um, Thor Ragnarok and the second Guardians of the Galaxy film. I feel like they kind of overdid 
overdid it on the comedy in those films. Because that's become a big thing for him, hasn't it? Like, yeah. yeah. Comedy action. Yeah, and I feel like it took away from like some of the serious moments within the Thor storylines. I really and agree with you on that one. I agree with you on Thor, definitely. Guardians Galaxy, I think, is a comedy series. It's like a comedy <laughs> film, so I kind of expect it. But yeah. Thor, I thought they could have pulled back. Yeah, Guardians Galaxy got away with it more, but Thor, yeah, it was like... They were bordering on like the like the Big Bang Theory where it's like just like okay. canned laughter every like three lines. It's something you're just expecting a punchline. Yeah, laugh after laugh. Yeah, whereas I think in this film they they toned it down and they hit it right on the nail on the head. <laughs> hit the nail on the head. Hit right on the nail on the head. The hit on the nail. There's a nail on the head of the yeah. nail. Okay, but yeah, no, I don't know what you're saying, everyone. It was interesting about the uh, the leading character there because even the king was kind of even though he was put forward at the beginning as, you know, the kind of archetypal uh, leading male figure, he still kind of, like, bowed down to the pressure of the leading female roles. And even though he yeah. led the way, they were the kind of authority figures and also the ones who kind of directed the kind of moral compass of the film, in a way, yeah. who helps him see the was, light in the yeah, end. Yeah, definitely. Which was great as well, because you kind of watch an action film like this and watch a superhero film and kind of expect to know where the plot goes. And even though there's still an element of that in this film where you can kind of see the kind of, like, yeah, the good guy, the bad guy goes up and down, it still throws you about. Yeah. And not knowing exactly how people are going to interact. So I think that is, like you said, a breakthrough and also yeah. sets forward the kind of, uh, like setting for future films how yeah. you don't know exactly how that's going to play out which I thought was very good so yes agreed all round there yeah. can't comment on the Thor Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> of course you can't but I must say I did uh, watch Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and that was very that's interesting well, great, great yeah. film yeah. great film some, well, yeah. some great ditties on there mm. um, and uh, they could appear in one of our podcast karaoke sessions you never know <laughs> maybe okay let's move on you know what this is a great segue into soundtrack okay oh, yeah so the film starts in uh oakland california it does it does in america so but in a very kind of urban deprived area it's kind of showing um uh, some kids playing basketball uh, high-rise towers it's meant to be a poor area um so a lot of the music's kind of from that scene like i know uh kendrick lamar's got a tune in there yeah. there's a he lot did of... all of it didn't he did Am I wrong? I don't know. I, don't know. I, th I thought I heard... Oh my God, I'm going to be so wrong now. I'm going to ruin this podcast. No, I heard that he... It was already ruined. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that he... I might be wrong, I'll have to Google this. I thought that he wrote the full soundtrack for the film. Okay. I'm so, going to Google this right okay. now. And then I'll correct it. myself if I'm okay. wrong. Well, basically, I saw his name and then just presumed he did a song. But, but I, I think there were... Other songs, though, from other artists, maybe he kind of yeah, scored maybe it. Wrong. He could have done the score for the film. I produced it, been at the over yeah. seeing. Anyway, me and Matt discussed the music. Mm. Well, Emma, you can find out the mm. facts and then we'll bring it all together after that. <laughs> but yeah, the music, you know, there's a lot of hip hop rap yeah. in there. Okay, I'm so wrong. But there is like Kendrick Lamar's on at least like five, six songs. Okay. So he's not every single song, because I think some of them were like um, more like a back bass track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he did like at least six or seven songs. Okay. Well, he's, so he plays the star in Yeah, I'll take that back. Sorry, guys. Okay. No, so we had one end 
Thought it was the other. We've met in the middle. There exactly. go. See, this is why research limits the conversation. <laughs> why not do research? It'd be too easy then. So yeah, that's the type of music. I really enjoyed that because it gave a different tone to it. And it wasn't the kind of um, general like, uplifting superhero feel, even though they did have that to a lot of it. That kind of like, yeah, let's go and get them. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> it was more of a kind of, it put you in a different kind of mindset. So you're kind of thinking within the mindset of a film which might have been set in a deprived area um, with that kind of stereotypical music, but then flipping it against the superhero. Mm-hmm. So I think that worked and there were some great songs. What yeah. did you think of the music, Emma? Oh, I really liked it. I thought it was really good. Um, I don't know. I think I'm, I really liked it and I thought the music really suited the film. And I think that with the type of film that was, like we were just saying, like where it did allow it to have those more serious moments, it was so good. But then like Guardians of the Galaxy, that is my kind of soundtrack. Yeah. Because, but it's funnier, so it suits it. But I thought that it was really good. And I thought that the music, just, yeah, it really suited the film well. I like. Yeah, I agree. And it's something that stood out. And it kind of tied in with the whole theme because we'll get onto this a bit more after, but the, the visuals as well. And the uh, <laughs> I was a bit obsessed with the fonts, but I'll give my full, <laughs> my full course, opinion yeah. on how much I love the fonts afterwards. But there, there was a certain dynamic to it, yeah. which was a lot different to your kind of cinematic style that you'd expect. Um, so, yeah, very original soundtrack for that. And Marvel have got good at doing that getting yeah, their original really soundtracks. Like you said, with Guardians of the Galaxy, that's become quite famous, the kind yeah, of... Yeah, definitely. The, the scoring of that. Um, so, yeah, sound great. Um, themes, right? <laughs> this is the big one we get onto. So, again, like I said before, it's been talked about as a groundbreaking film. It's been smashing box office records and people are saying it's changing the kind of face of this type of cinema. Mm. What did you get from it, mate? Right, apart from the fact that, yes, this is a good action film, this is a superhero film, what are you coming out of that thinking, this is what f- this film was saying and doing? Um, well, it had, good, it had a great pace to it. I know yeah. it's not necessarily a theme, but I feel like... Um, I felt, going back to Thor again, I feel, think Thor was very flat in terms of its narrative arc. It kind of like built up and then just maintained a constant level. Whereas yeah. this seemed to have it had ups and downs yeah. and twists and I turns in it, which was which was nice. Are there any key plot points which you thought kind of stood out for you? Uh, the key plot points, I loved the um, like side plot regarding um, so the Black Panther's uncle like being like their like okay. shaman, I think that's the only word yeah. you can use for it. Yeah, technically. you can have that. Um, and how like he was like the reason behind like, kind of, like the side reason why everything kicked off yeah. essentially so I love that, they, that brought that nice little emotional element into it so it wasn't just another shooting people in the head storyline and a bit of like family Jeremy Kyle banter on yeah well, well. I'll take it even further because for me it was about it was a lot about morality mm. in that you've got um, the king's uncle's son so his cousin yep. so he's the one who's American and he's the only one who got out um, from in the past we won't go into the whole plot line there beyond air all day but basically he was the only guy from Wakanda that's what it's called isn't it yeah. Wakanda Wakanda yeah, yeah. see I remember so I'm not good at remembering things from films could you need a film podcast the, yeah, a film review <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask the question <laughs> 
But he was the only one who uh, got, who was um, living in the external world who yeah. wasn't actually a, a Wakandan. Yeah, yeah. So basically, he come back. But he said that his whole aim for life was to come back, take the throne, kill the king there, and then open up Wakanda to the world. Which, the sentiment straight away seems positive, mm. because it gets talked about earlier in the film, saying that they should be helping people, mm. they should be using their technology to help uh, the wider world. But he comes at it in a very aggressive, violent way, mm. saying that they're going to arm people across the world, yeah. spies they have in different countries, and then overthrow um, as he describes as the colonizers mm. so obviously it's going back there's a lot of historical reference here yeah. but for me the kind of morality of it is then the king actually comes to the realization yes we should be helping people out so it's a strange kind of moral dynamics it throws you about everywhere because at first it's making you think oh should they be helping or should they be keeping mm. what they have because it's like they say oh the outside world and only destroy them but when that gets put in, into the fold you're like, all right, maybe they should be helping them. Yeah. But the end battle, I think, comes down to, and this is kind of what the filmmakers are trying to make you think about, is how you gain this equality and how do you actually help people yeah. um, with the power and knowledge you have? Is it through a violent way? Is it by forcing upon and making people pay for what they've done in the past? Or is it by sharing and going at a level playing field? And I think this is a very historical debate. Yeah, and if I'm going to delve into history now, I'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> Gandhi, oh, Mandela, the idea of um, like passive resistance and not you know fighting back. It's kind of saying, all right, we understand that we've had conflicts in the past, but we're going to solve it through positive means. Mm. And I think this film takes a long road to that conclusion, but I'd mm. say for me, that is the driving thing that it gets to. Yeah, there's a lot of great themes mm. in there about, you know, uh, female power, also power of um, uh, minority races as well and, and all that. But for me, it's that morality that comes through in the end and I really enjoyed that journey. I think that's what Good. you can take from that film. Well, it sounds like you really enjoyed it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're right, though. That was, I, yeah, I really liked that. I thought it was good at the end um, where they he decided that, like, moving forward, they were going to start to, like, go out in the world and help yeah. people. And it kind of, like, turns things in its head because I guess in the world we're in now, we kind of think, like, um, like Africa and places in that similar situation are... A, poorer side of the world and you know it's us that has the wealth and then he goes into that conference at the end and he's like okay we are now going to share yeah, what we yeah. have with you and they're like oh what can you give and, and it's kind of smile yeah and it's kind of like well you know there's a lot you can learn from those people from like other people yeah and i think yeah it's important because like at the end you're kind of like we need to be sharing what we know with other countries and other people and that's what mm. kind of happens in it but obviously, you know, with a lot of action, other bits in the, in the middle well, of yeah. it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's quite a bit of action. I also really enjoy that storyline and how like, they decide to share their knowledge and stuff. Yeah. But I did think it was a bit obvious that, that was going to happen as mm. well. It's a theme that's replicated across like movie history. Like A bad guy like, has the right idea, but the wrong intentions. Yeah. So yeah, you kind of see it being spelled out that it was going to happen, mm -hmm. but they, I think they spelled it out very nicely. Like it was, it was they spelled it out grammatically correct. Yeah. There's a lot of You often fail to do. But no, but I think the point was that yes, they were using a stereotypically kind of um, 
superhero storyline yeah. but flipping who was in the power position like yeah, you were saying Emma. Yeah. Oh, so I that love was that the... so much though I loved that I really really there's loads of films out now with like Wonder Woman and stuff like that and I won't say loads but there's coming more and more where females are in like lead positions yeah. and obviously they're amazing and they're such good films and like really great to watch but I kind of just really liked it that the females were in positions that like they actually probably haven't been in before yeah, so yeah. not necessarily yeah. like a lead but like the general is mm -hmm. a female and the army are all females and they're all so like amazing and stuff like that where it was like they'd put females and you know people of colour in roles that you probably haven't seen them in before yeah or I haven't anyway and I just really liked it and I, and I was like really I get overexcited in films and I was getting <laughs> when they when I'm a good um, person to get on a review. <laughs> yeah. And when the um at the end when the general and the other females in the army were fighting, I was getting very excited and very involved. It was just it was so good to watch. Yeah, no, I totally get that. And um it's like we said before, it's not necessarily changing the whole uh, structure and kind of plot itself it's putting a traditional plot but in a new situation yeah. and making a point that way like you said mm. female lead roles females in the positions of power but with a stereotypical kind of plot line which works by kind of making the point of look this is the power imbalance change power balance changing here and that kind of yeah. makes it great visually for a film because you're like this really works for the plot but also like the wider themes i was saying okay <laughs> right we'll start bringing this <laughs> no, to um, some form of conclusion <laughs> um but obviously as a uh, video experts i, I just want to make a slight complaint about the film which i've already verbally okay yeah, well, both you're always, every yeah, film let's requires complaints so. okay and I've said this to both of you, and it was a big spoiler for me. Not necessarily for my friend who I went with, because she was oblivious to it. But there was a trailer for the next Marvel film, for the next Avengers, at the beginning of, like, the trailer set at the beginning, that showed the, the main character from the film. So when he died in it... I was like, mm. I know he's coming back to yeah. life because I've seen him in the fucking trip. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's a swear. If Ed Miliband can swear in his podcast, then we can swear <laughs> in this. I've seen him in the damn trailer before the films. Like, I was fuming that I already knew that, but my friend was oblivious. So. It's a bit of a rookie error from that from my point. And you Absolutely. must think that they know what they're doing, so there must be a reason for it. But mm. so I think yeah. to spend all that money and time on a film and then kind of ruin one of the key yeah. plot I points. Yeah. I, I kind of... When he died, I was like, he's obviously going to come back oh. to life. But there's always a bit of me that's like, oh, will but he might not. Ball. Yeah, yeah, will there be a well, curveball? Yeah, yeah, and I think, oh, no, there's no curveball in it because I've seen him in the trailer beforehand. But I guess there's always little curveballs that you never know, like, if his sister might have died. Or, you know, someone. Yeah. But, yeah. But it still had me that because I ha didn't put two and two together from that trailer. And... Oh, so the fact that the film was throwing you about and mm. putting the kind of plot a bit differently, I thought maybe this could be a thing. Yeah. Like, I wasn't totally yeah. against that idea. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Oh. Speaking of people dying, though, I obviously they did the ritualistic thing of like the sort of spoilers again, sorry, of when they get. <laughs> oh, the, yeah. We don't have to say <laughs> spoiler every time. <laughs> there they, are spoilers. To get the powers of the Black Panther, they have to drink the. This special heart-shaped berry or something, wasn't it? Yeah. And then they get. Berry was the actual name for it. Yeah, it was like heart-shaped 
Yeah, I'll go with heart-shaped burial. Heart-shaped um, burial. And then they lie down and they get buried and then they travel to a mystical land and they speak to their ancestors and, and stuff. I just thought they That's reused true. that like far too many times. It happened three times within the film. It's like, these people love napping, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> so they kept doing it and just bugged yeah, no, it a little it, bit. It did happen a bit, but... That's because they were bringing back the character of, you know, the people who died to make a point. There was more to it. There was more to it. I'm going to say, no, they didn't use it too many times. Oh, are you going to let him say that, man? Three's a solid number. Are you going to let him say that to your face? Three's a good number for anything. (laughs) It's a trilogy. It's a good job there's pop shields between us. Okay, right. I have a final question. I'm okay. really sorry. Okay, fire away. What did we think of the American guy from The Hobbit being in the film? What are your Martin opinions Freeman. on him? Martin yeah, what are your opinions on that? His accent always throws me off. Every time I hear mm. him doing an American accent, he doesn't look like he should do, be doing no, an American accent. He felt like he should be in, like, uh, The Borrowers or something, playing like a mad <laughs> professor. Like, that's the kind of role. Yeah. And it felt a little bit out of place. Martin Freeman's character. <laughs> the reason that they did need to let him into the country was to kind of show the humanity of it and not just be like, oh, we yeah, are revealing to the world. It was to say that what the first time that they actually let someone in and showed them the country was for a very human reason of him not wanting to let him die. Yeah. I, I and that's what him. gave them then the trigger to kind of move on from that. And I feel like without that close kind of connection spark it's still a more of a, an us and them situation i know what you mean the character felt a bit of a spare part there and it looks visually a bit strange because he kind of had a bit of a weird nutty roll about him and i just kept picturing him like i pictured him like a kid's film like you know kind of like dressed quite weird and mm. british even though he's american but i think it was needed and even though it felt a bit strange, I think it made yeah. the point play out. Yeah, I can't... Oh, I don't know. When he was in the plane at the end and he was, like, shooting the people that were going to go and take the weapons away, I just really felt like that could have been such a good... It could have been such a good scene or it could have been such a good part of the big fight. But, yeah. like, I felt like he just wasn't that great in that role like sorry to him like i, I, I just I, sorry martin <laughs> in advance but i just i really like they could have done they could have had like him in an actual plane or like you know i wanted a bit of a star wars thing where he's like dangling mm. off one of the other planes and like you know jumping around and like doing stuff and he it was literally him in a hologram him in a hologram shooting at them and people were going to get in and then he shot the last one in time, so he got out. Yeah. And he just felt a bit pointless. Yeah. Like, and it wasn't like... I get, I get... He shot the last one, that it wasn't like... It would have been the best way they could have done that. It's had a bit of tragedy in there, was him dying or yeah. being seriously injured. But it wasn't. He shot the last one, and so got out. out of the hologram, ran off, and 20 seconds later, they broke through the glass. It just didn't, yeah. I was frustrated with it. I still think, because I thought it was quite... Oh, Mark is the optimist. (laughs) It was quite a poignant moment, I feel, as they're communicating and they're... Mm. And uh, the others are out in battle and he's there, like, chipping in and everyone's kind of at the same level. I I felt the emotion at that stage. (laughs) And I think that's when the connection of everyone really came 
to a head. You're just looking like friends. If anyone's going to feel the emotion, it's going to be you. <laughs> yeah. I just, Guaranteed. It works for me. I, I think it was necessary for the plot. Okay. okay. Anyway, okay. let's, bring this to a close, let's wrap up those grievances. We've got two more things to cover here. Okay. And I was saying before, as we are visualers, <laughs> and we've got the video expert from Glass A Media, Matt Green, I feel like we should talk about the uh, cinematography yes. and how the film was put together. I said before, I'm going to say this now, I bloody loved the fonts that they used. <laughs> Exceptional font. I mean, I'm going to dig that out and use that on like birthday invites. I'm going to put it on a badge and it posters out of it. It was if you've if you've not seen that font, just get online now and watch one of the uh, get one of the trailers up or something. That was a good font. But <laughs> on a wider point, it was visually very nice. Nice use of colour, um, beautiful shots, all combined with the music. Matt, what did you think about the way it was filmed? So, obviously, it's very CGI heavy. Yes. I, it, they don't even try and hide that. Um, I don't think they needed to hide it. It was Everyone knew what to expect going into the film. Um, so, they did it extremely well. There was no like, cost was spared on that front, which... Great. There's no like dodgy. Yeah, well, they stuff. have got a few quid, haven't they, in the Marvel well, exactly. Studios? Well, there's no like um, su- um, Superman's mustache incident of the Justice League film. Everyone who's aware of the Justice League film will know they had to CGI out Superman's mustache because he was contractually obliged to have a mustache for the next film he was in. So rather than <laughs> getting to shave the mustache, they decided to replace That's it. And it and it's, it's so obvious. And it looks absolutely shoddy, but there's none of that in the film, which is no moustache instance. <laughs> no no moustache instance, which is very nice. Um, in terms of like, the general cinematography of it, um, I think it was quite standard, if I'm being 100% honest. There was no groundbreaking things that were shot in the standard. Like Whenever there was a fight scene, it was a fight scene montage. Whenever there was like a flying through the air, air battle there was a flying through the air air battle I, so in terms of like you're not going to list every shot and do <laughs> no, that no. Um, so yeah if I'm being 100% honest like it's, don't be wrong it's an amazing film absolutely loved it and I think it was more the themes and the plot which made it an amazing film yeah. not the cinematography of it I obviously they did very well and the, the budget was huge for it so you knew it was going to be shot great but it did you're giving them a B, um, a solid B. Well, out of, um, I'll go for the out of ten rating system. I'd give it, I'd give it a seven. Like it was shot very solidly, but it didn't wow. There's me. no boundaries pushed on no, the uh, cinematography. No, no, you, you knew what you were getting from it. So. Would you have liked it if they pushed boundaries? There's, I don't think there's any way they could have pushed the boundaries of being. I'd be a hundred percent. Like, would they kind of? I think the film was more like you said the themes and making a point so they weren't there to explore the no, kind of because if they were going to like if they messed up the filming of it by being quite experimental mm-hmm. then they yeah. would have lost the point exactly. of the film exactly yeah. so give yourself a good base a good foundation kick yeah. on from there yeah, exactly <laughs> Emma did you think the set looks nice for you for you sorry that sounds quite patronising <laughs> I was, no, it's I was trying to give a balance from the, uh, <laughs> the intense video to more just a, a layman's view on it. I think they could have done more shots of Africa, <laughs> if I'm honest. Mm, yeah. Zebras. Yeah, I wanted, like, obviously they had the rhino in there, but, like, I don't know. I kind of thought that, like, 
they just could have had more scenery. I would yeah. have liked to yeah. have seen. Bringing me on to the rhinos, so that was the only bit I think looked a bit shoddy on the visual effects. Oh, how about okay. you, Matty, isn't it? That's the cinema. Especially the first time we see the rhinos and they're in the little pens and it's just the one of them. Oh, they yeah. go over and give it a stroke and stuff. It just didn't look right. I know Why was, didn't they just get a load of rhinos? Like, for that one scene, all he was doing was standing in a, like, a little cage. But he was petting it. Well, yeah, I'm sure you could train a rhino to be petted. Like... Animal cruelty, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just saying... There's a few complaints about that. I'm, I'm just saying, in that one instance, it didn't look like a real <laughs> didn't rhino. Right, <laughs> didn't look right. Okay, right. This is the summary now. We're going to go around one by one, mm. and we're all going to say our favourite scene in the film, oh, followed by an out of ten rated. So I'll open things up. I've had a little think about this while you were talking about sets and cameras. So my favourite scene was the car chase in Korea. Mm. Um, I know it wasn't a main part of the film and there was a lot of other stuff centred in Africa and in America. But for me, I liked how that kind of took the characters out of their settings um, put them in a totally unique one which you weren't expecting in the Korean atmosphere. And the car chase was brilliant. I really loved that car chase because that's when the first kind of bit we saw of the real action of those characters, diving across cars, driving, the technology was there. Loved it. Brilliant. Fantastic. Lights of Korea. Stunning. So I'm going to go out of 10. Not normally a big action fan. Not a... Not that I'm not a fan of Marvel, but just not watched loads. But this one really took me by surprise in how much I loved the action. Um, would definitely go and watch the next one of this. Uh, I'm going to go 8.7 out of 10. Okay. Matthew. Oh, so obviously it's full of great scenes. One I just particularly enjoyed was when, um, so main guy, he's been killed. I, I mean, his family's run off into the jungle. They're a bit scared. And they end up going to meet the fifth tribe, uh, which like the, I can't remember what the name of their tribe is. And they live up in the mountains and mm. keep themselves away from the rest of the tribes. And they're talking with the leader of this tribe. And I feel like the comedy they got exactly right at that moment. There's <laughs> yeah, a few yeah, yeah. very nice one-liners in there, but still they kept the tension right in the air as well. And it wasn't a scene that was incredibly visually heavy either like that. It was just about the acting. Obviously, the set that they were in wasn't real. It was all green screen. It was pretty cool, wasn't it? Yeah, but they could have gone up a mountain. They could have gone up a mountain. This was the rhinos, and it was the mountains. Mountains Mountains and rhinos exist. They do exist. (laughs) (laughs) Get it sorted, man. Spaceships were real, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, that's another topic for another time. (laughs) Part two. (laughs) um... Click next for part two of this film. Longer than the film itself. Could be our thing. Film reviews that are longer than the film itself. Would it be? But um, wrap it up. Wrap it no, up. Yeah, I, I, I just love the I love the banter in that scene and the humour was great. Um, so overall, I've had to give it an out of ten. So we did push boundaries visually. Feels visually stunning, but it pushed boundaries. But the plots and the themes are great. I'd give it a nine point two. Wow, Ooh, we've broken nice. the nine barrier. Okay, Emma, what are we saying? Favourite scene and uh, rating out of 10. I've already given my favourite scene earlier on. I think when there's like the big battle at the end and the guy who's the head of the rhino blue tribe is like mid-battle mm. and kind of 
I think there's loads of signs to him that he's on the wrong team. And it's not until he like comes up against his partner and she's like... Puts him back under the thumb. <laughs> and I want to say, no, it's not, I just don't think it, oh, maybe. <laughs> no, I just think like, she kind of, she kind of stands up to him and says like, you know, you're wrong. And yeah. I think, and he's just like, yeah, I am. And just, to, I just, rather I, than just, like, I am. and I think it's mid battle, and it obviously makes all the difference. And yeah. it's kind of like they, you know, it might have been a, it might have been a different battle if that didn't happen. And I just thought, I just really liked it. And scoring wise, I'm gonna go solid. I don't do this, you know, point whatever. Okay. It's an eight. It's an eight. Eight, eight out of ten. Okay. So you've heard the ratings. You've heard the scenes, and that concludes the yeah. film review of Marvel's Black Panther. So we've all decided, good film. Definitely go out and watch it. Yeah, Absolutely. definitely. But we advise you watch it before listening to this. Wow, we put everyone <laughs> in the spin there. We really have done. But a lot of great things there. And we'll be back very soon with a, uh, another film review. So thank you yeah. for listening to um, the Glass A Film Club. Thank you. There'll be more reviews online. Check out other podcasts. Check out our write-ups. All on there on glassamedia.com. Thank you for joining me once again, Matt and Emma. It's been a lovely evening of film discussion and a great bit of whiskey cake. If not a bit raisiny. Oh, and while I remember, shout out to Andy Serkis, Lancaster University alumni, (laughs) who played one of the main roles in the early part of the film. Great bit of acting, well-educated lad. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time, Glass A Film Club.